Hey there, Tony here with the Words and Music of Faith, Hope, and Love podcast, episode number 28, and we're in a brand new year, 2014. You know, like most people at uh, at this time of year and at the last of last year, uh, I sometimes pause and reflect upon the, the previous 12 months, you know, for a little hindsight clarification. And uh, 2013 got me thinking about Paul's writing in 2 Timothy 4. And I kind of see myself this way, that the way he wrote that. Uh, I haven't yet fought the good fight or finished the race, like he was talking about with himself. But I have kept the faith. And um, uh, 2013, I saw some changes, uh, as a matter of fact, to this, to this uh, podcast, to this blog of mine, this website. In the middle of 2013, uh, my articles transformed from writing for kids to uh, writing words and music of faith, hope, and love. And I haven't been at a loss as, as to what to write about either, because in fact, uh, I have to rope my thoughts in, because there's so much to share from the, uh, the biblical perspective on faith, hope, and love. And I just want to say that harsh times call for a boldness of faith and a dependence on hope, and, and copious quantities of love. And uh, so as you go through the uh, transition from you know 2013 to 2014, we're now, well, by the time you're hearing this, at least a week into 2014, I just want to urge you to remember, it doesn't define who you were, good or bad. Uh, it was just a year. You know, 2013 was just a year, and it's a continuation of time. So just remember, the only difference between one year to the next is a good night's sleep. You know, you can start the very next year where you left off. The key thing is, try to make a difference in someone's life for today and, and for eternity. You know, you can do that. Every day is an opportunity to do that. And um, I pray that this year many people will come to know and understand and, and trust their Creator. Because God is their Creator. And I'm talking about whoever is a human being. And every animal, for that matter, every creature, the whole universe is his creation. And it doesn't matter that some don't believe in him. That doesn't change that truth. But um, I have faith that no matter what trials and tribulations we might face this year, we, we still always can lean on the one who overcame the world. And we're told by God that he gave us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So fear doesn't come from God. If you feel that, it's not coming from God. So don't let it take root in your life. And uh, so when we say Happy New Year in 2014, you know, we've already gone through that whole holiday thing, I guess you could say. Let's just remember that it's, it's just a year we're talking about. I mean... Each year is connected to the one before it and the one after. Time is ongoing. And we don't have to be defined by the tiny moments or the tiny glimpses of our lives. Identify yourself with the one who created you. The one who knows the numbers of the hairs on your head. When you're a child of the one true living God, you're bound for an eternal life of freedom. And that beats anything our government, our country, or this whole world can ever offer. Beats it. Beats it all. Uh, this past week on the 2nd of January, 
I don't know what uh, what comes up in my head to think of these things, but you know, I looked at the date and it was one two, and I thought of uh, the old one two, boom boom, you know. So um, I just thought that old saying, you know, give them the old one two. That, that was something that was often used in reference to boxing and other forms of fighting. And it meant to let your opponent have it with a left hook and a right cross or an uppercut, you know, and just give them the old one, too, so they they don't know what hit them. Well, today, um, I want to encourage you to let the world have the old one, two from you. In other words, don't let down your guard and, and put everything you've got into making things better. Uh, the cool thing is you were given some great gifts from God, whoever you are. You were given life, a brain, your own will. God didn't make you a robot. He lets you make decisions. How cool is that? I mean, talk about a risk taker. God is the ultimate risk taker. And he wants to see what you can do with them. Your brain and your life and your own will. You're not being secretly coerced by God. And no angels direct your every move. You can make your own decisions and your own mistakes and your own successes. Just take responsibility for your actions, good or bad, and, you know, determine to improve upon where you've been and what you've done. Don't let the negative and darker forces of this world shape even your smallest efforts. Your life here on earth is a vapor compared to the eternity ahead. And yet, your life here counts right now. It counts, not just in the future or in the next. So give life the old one-two. Knock down those mental and emotional barriers that pop up every day. You can do it when you learn to lean not on your own understanding. Tap into the wisdom of God and become more than a conqueror. The Bible talks about that. The Bible calls us that. And the whole Bible, you know, was actually inspired by God. He inspired the writers of the Bible. And God is called the Father of Mercies. Have you ever heard that? Maybe you've heard of the father of classical mechanics and calculus, Isaac Newton. Or maybe you've heard of the father of modern physics, Galileo. Surely you've heard of the father of physical cosmology, Albert Einstein. Sound familiar? But more important to your everyday life than all of these put together is the Father of Mercies. Maybe you've heard of God. I don't know how many times I've listened to an unbeliever say something about Christians and say, you know, they need a crutch, so they created God. Okay, I'm completely willing to admit my broken spirit needs the comforting crutch of the God who loves me. And I won't deny myself that crutch any more than I deny myself a wooden crutch to help me with a broken leg. But I certainly didn't, and I don't today, conjure up a God just to make me feel better. If I had, surely I could have conjured up something or someone who would have done a better job on me than what is evident. Now, of course, you could misconstrue that to mean I don't think God has done a good job on me. Nothing could be further from the truth. He's saved me from an, uh, a tormented eternity, and he saved me from myself. The thing is, he doesn't put my right foot in front of my left, and vice versa. He doesn't choose my job. 
He doesn't choose my breakfast. He doesn't choose my vehicle or my reading material or any other of my daily choices. He leaves those to me. So God isn't responsible for the bad choices I make or the bad things that have happened to me in my life. But I do give him all the credit and all the glory for any and all of the good in my life. This brings me great comfort, far beyond what an unbeliever is even remotely able to comprehend. The comfort I receive from the Father of mercies imbues me with hope. That's a word I love, imbues me, fills me up. It's, it's kind of like, think of uh, somebody who actually, um, the first thing that comes to mind is they go, they practically drown, you know, and their whole lungs get completely filled with water. But that's how God is to your whole being. And that's, that's what he does with hope. He imbues me with hope. The kind of hope you may have heard springs eternal. If that sounds silly and childish to you, so be it. And if it sparks something mean in you that has to rise up and ridicule me, so be it. If I suffer the slings and arrows of your outrageous misfortune, I chalk it up to life in a broken and dying world. My comfort comes in knowing I'll also partake in the consolation of a risen Savior. Now, if you're reading this or listening to this, means you're still breathing. So it's not too late for you to also get this crutch for your broken spirit. You know, with all this talk and, uh, I don't know, all the falderai in, uh, in Washington about all this so-called uh, free insurance, which there will not be any, by the way, don't you think an eternal insurance policy should at least be investigated? You ought to look into it. It's if it's important to you to think about where you'll go get your medicine, shouldn't it be even more important to you to think about where you'll go forever? <laughs> it's pretty important. Now I'm going to change the subject just a little bit, get a little more lighthearted. Um, this past week I wrote an article talking about my favorite color, and this is kind of inspired because I wrote this thing called Tony Blue, and it was just on a lark uh I won't even go into why I wrote it, but it was it was just fun. And uh, I think on my website, I've made no secret that my favorite color is blue. If you go to TonyFunderberg.com, uh, it's the main color. It's I mean, there's blue everywhere, so that's my favorite color. And um, yeah, I don't hide it. So uh, have you ever wondered about blue? And you go, uh, no. Tony, why would I waste my time doing that when I can just listen to what you have to say on the subject, right? Well, I do ponder things like that, you know, maybe too frequently, but um, I think Blue has a very interesting story to tell. For instance, did you know bluebirds don't see the color blue? According to some scientists and people who study such things. In fact, uh, it would appear that owls are the only birds who can see blue. Hmm. And, you know, they do most of their seeing at night, a lot of them. Did you know that blue is the least common color in our food? Yeah, think about that. How many foods do you eat that are actually blue? I love blueberries and I love blue corn chips. And, hmm, 
Gonna have to skip those blue M&Ms because that's a bad blue there. Don't get that blue. Anyway, um, how about this? 92% of the people in the world don't have blue eyes. That's almost all of them. Yet blue is a primary color. And more blue is seen than any other color in the world. You may have noticed uh, pictures of Earth from space. They show a very blue planet. You know, Earth is called the blue planet. So what's all this green talk I keep hearing about, huh? Well, blue is thought to induce more productivity, so apparently a lot of offices are painted blue. Maybe that explains a lot about some restaurants I've been in that were painted another color. And I found out that women think men like blue, so more blue sweaters for women are sold than any other color. And here's a follow-up to that. By most surveys, men do seem to claim blue as their favorite color. So I guess I'm Mr. Average in that regard, because it's my favorite color. Well, I hope I didn't give you the blues with all this talk about blue, and maybe it's time I blew out of here into another uh, article and... Um, Maybe I could just leave you with my favorite reason why blue is my color, my favorite color. Um, and you can see a poem, the poem that I wrote about it called Tony Blue. If you go to TonyFunderburk.com forward slash favorite dash color, and um, you'll see the poem there called Tony Blue. I'll just read a verse of it. Now, Tony liked the sight and sound of blue, and any other color wouldn't do. No yellow, red, or green, or colors in between. No, Tony's eyes would always turn to blue. So, let's see. There's one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five more verses. And um, you could go there, TonyFunderburk.com forward slash favorite color, and uh, you'll see it. And I want to finish up the blue, the whole blue talk, with my favorite reason that I love blue. And it's because in the Bible, blue symbolizes heavenly grace. Bam! I'm sold. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to go here? Ah, yes. Uh, I finished up the previous week with an uh, article called Delivered from Suffering. And uh, it's based on some uh, writing by Paul in 2 Corinthians. I'm writing my way through 2 Corinthians now. And if you go there, um, same site, TonyFunderburg.com, and look for Delivered from Suffering, it's a, um, you'll see a picture of my little blue truck that I drew. And if you look real close, you can see on top it has a delivery service sign on it. So how clever can you get, right? Well, do you feel the weight of this present world pressing down hard on your shoulders? Do you find yourself at the end of your rope and it appears to be frayed and withering? Do you wish beyond wishing you could be delivered from suffering? What if I told you it's possible with one word? Notice I didn't say it's instantaneous. I said it's possible with one word. If I told you that, sounds like I'm telling you that. Would you be interested? Well, this next part is going to sound a little harsh, but stick with me because it gets better. You were born with a death sentence hanging over your head. There was nothing you could do to avoid it, and at that point you had never even committed one sin, yet you were born into a world where it would be inevitable that you would sin. And you have, 
haven't you? Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry about that right now. I mean, so has everyone else. Trouble is, sin carries the punishment of death. I don't make up the rules. I'm just telling you what they are, okay? Because have you noticed there's a one-to-one ratio of birth to death? In other words, every person who's born dies. No one gets out of it. Okay, it may seem like I'm only heaping more suffering on you right now. Remember I said it could get a little harsh first. And um, so you might be saying, hey, what gives, right? The better question is, who gives? In a previous article on my website, I wrote about the Father of Mercies. Remember, I just talked about that a little bit ago. God, He gives. He freely gives. In fact, He loves all of us in this world so much, He gave His only Son as a willing sacrifice. He didn't force Him to go. A sacrifice to pay the the debt that sin has so thoroughly drenched us with. Here's a point you'll really need to grab hold of, though. If you think you simply have no one to trust and depend on besides you, you're adding to that debt, and you'll be burdened beyond measure. But there's a better way. Remember I said you could be delivered from suffering with one word, right? Well, that one word is yes. If you sense there's something going on inside your heart right now, It could very well be the Holy Spirit of God is talking to you uh, through the words I'm saying right now. It could be. If you hear a still, small voice ask you if you'd like to be delivered, say yes. If and when you ever feel the tugging on your heart of the God who loves you, say yes. If you hear Him asking if He can come into your heart and save you, say yes. If you can believe the words in the Bible were written for you, say yes. If you believe there must be a creator God who is more than all the universe and all that's in it, and if you believe only He fully explains how we could have come into existence, say yes. When you've said yes to any or all of these, you've said yes to Jesus, the one who created you. The one who made you so unique that no one else in the whole world even has the same fingerprints as you. You've said yes to the one who already took the death sentence punishment you were born into. You've been delivered from suffering into faith, to hope, to eternal love. And on that note, I'll finish up the Words of Music of Faith, Hope, and Love podcast, episode 28. For the first week of January 2014, what do you say we march on and make a good year of it? And remember, God loves you and I love you and God bless.